every youngster here on the Michigan team has dreamt of the day that he someday would play on a championship team and come to the Rose Bowl and play in the granddaddy of them all. Hello all, welcome to the Divine Intervention. Craig, if you could pick one thing from the Michigan Air Force game that frustrated you the most, what would it be? Well, no-brainer, the uh, inability to score touchdowns for the offense. I would agree, and I'll add in the fact that when they get within the 25-yard line, within that red zone, that sweet spot for many offenses around the country, they are not able to score touchdowns. Four trips, four field goals, good to see Quinn Nordine. We're both really high on Quinn Nordine, obviously. Uh, Glad that he's uh, on his way to break some records, it seems, but... Uh, Michigan's inability inside the red zone to score touchdowns is definitely contributing to that. And you know what? As much as I love Quinn Nordine, I would much rather see touchdowns on Saturdays. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's uh, he's building his draft stock right now. He might get drafted before anybody on the Michigan offense. So, yeah, we got to figure something out here. So it's one touchdown and 10 red zone attempts this season. That is... 128th in the country. You know what? I can't keep track of how many FBS teams there are now. I want to say that that's pretty close to last, if not last. That is unacceptable. That is not going to work moving forward. What do you think uh, needs to change in order for uh, some of these red zone trips to to end in touchdowns rather than field goals? Is there anything from this game in particular that you, you think could have been differently uh, that got Michigan into the end zone rather than uh, Quinn Nordine kicking it through the uprights. Well, going back farther than just this week, I have not always been a fan of the play calling when we get down towards the end zone. Uh, even going back to last year with Jabril Peppers there, and we put him in in the Wildcat when we're on the five-yard line. Yeah, he's a playmaker, but I don't like seeing him in in that situation You've got a good running game. Just turn and hand the ball off. Run it in there. I don't know. I think the play calling is questionable at times, but also the decision-making uh, on the part of Wilton Spate and even some of the receivers, some of the, the routes that they're running, they give up too too early. They'll, they'll be covered, and they won't scramble to get open. So I think it's a, a culmination of a few things, but – the biggest thing for me right now, the biggest frustration, I think, is the play calling because even outside of the red zone, there's times where I question why we're we're calling that play. But uh, you know, I if I had the answers, I'd probably be a Division One football coach. Uh, you you might be. You'd be making a lot more money than both of us are making right now. That's yeah. absolutely for sure. I'll say that one of the things that I saw Spate make a good move outside of the pocket, uh, running towards the left pylon. He tried to get fancy there. Defender had already jumped and tried to float it over. Didn't work. Uh, it was deflected. It could have been worse. It could have been picked off. So at least they got the points from it. I do think that was the right move on Spade's part. I don't think making that throw is necessary, especially when he had already had sold the guy in the fake. Good pump fake on his part would have would have maybe got him to fall forward. Big frame, uh, big body guy falling forward at least puts you in a position to go for it there uh, and try to get the touchdown. So... That's what I would say, uh, one of the things that I picked out in that game. But, yeah, they've got a score in the red zone. So instead of being Debbie Downers all, all week, let's talk about something positive. Craig, give me, uh, give me one positive from the Air Force game that uh, you, you can take away. 
I think the biggest thing I took away from that game was just the defense and how they played as a whole, how they, they're they young, uh, some are inexperienced, and how they really just, as a unit, uh, they were flexible, they, they were willing to learn on the fly and adjust to different things. And just the overall contain on the outside of the triple option, I think without that it could have been a really long day, but... They really held uh, Air Force in check with the exception of a few plays. Obviously, the the one pass completion that Air Force had in the game, just kind of a broken, just a mental error. Uh, other than that, though, pretty solid day from the defense. Again, the the run run stopping was, was a lot better than I expected, I guess. So that's the fewest rushing yards Air Force has had since 2014. Michigan only allowed 232 yards total. Uh, no one has held the Troy Calhoun-led team fewer than that since 2012. And, and like you said, that includes that, that 60-plus yard pass. And so really an impressive day overall. If you eliminate that, it uh, eliminates a touchdown and, and about 60 of those 232 yards. So the defense, again, is really not in question so far this season. Yes, they are uh, full of young guys, and at times uh, there's a couple of plays where where guys have made mistakes, including that that passing touchdown that they allowed. Uh, but they've rebounded well. They continue to fight. Uh, a guy like Devin Bush has gotten his name called a lot. Uh, 11 tackles in the sack against Air Force. Leads the team with 25 uh, and then has four and a half tackles for a loss. So he's making a killing out there. Obviously a big play sacking the quarterback uh, when Air Force was driving another time. Uh, leading to a field goal so and there's other names uh, that are obviously performing and so looking forward to seeing how how the defense handles some of the the better teams moving forward including a Purdue uh, who is going to pass a lot I know we'll talk about that later in the week on another show Uh, for me another positive was Donovan Peoples-Jones and I said in the podcast last week that I thought he would be back as a punt returner Uh, he was in fact back as a punt returner and uh, he showed for it 79-yard touchdown uh, that really got the the second half going. Yes, Air Force came back and, and scored a, a possession later, but uh, good for Donovan Peoples-Jones to to get back in there, get some confidence, and then obviously getting his first career touchdown and a punt return touchdown, something that Jabril Peppers took three seasons to do. Uh, obviously impressive. And then two receptions for 52 yards, those were his first two career receptions. And then unfortunately with the news of uh, the Tariq Black injury, even though Nothing is for sure on how long he will be out necessarily. Donovan Peoples-Jones has a, a bigger role coming up, in, and I'm excited to see him evolve into that. Yeah, I think uh, the special teams, just as a, as a whole, I thought were, were pretty impressive. Obviously, the touchdown return by Peoples-Jones uh, was awesome, but I think the special teams in general was, was great, and they really have been for most of the season. Uh, obviously, with Michigan's struggling offense, it's even more important that the special team steps up along with the defense because if you can win two out of the three phases of any given football game, your odds of winning go up dramatically. Um, obviously, if if the offense is clicking too and you're winning all three phases, you're going to have a pretty pretty good time. Well, one thing I want to do before we wrap up, Craig, is revisit the score predictions. You are making a killing so far. Uh, you predicted 24 to 10. That is pretty darn close with a 29 to 13. I, on the other hand, was way off again this week. Uh, I guess 45 to six. I said Ooh. that. 
I won't speak would play well. I said he'd play flawless, actually. Flawless. Uh, that's I just meant no turnovers, I guess. Ah. Uh, and I said that uh, there will be a bunch of touchdowns and that Chris Evans would score. I thought that Ty Isaac would score a couple of times. Karan Higdon did score. Uh, yeah, much different than what happened. Uh, outside of that uh, big uh, pass play, uh, Air Force really didn't have much success. Uh, and so that's where the six points came from and the no touchdowns. But, Craig, i gotta got to tip my cap to you again. Uh, you you are dominating the score predictions out of the five of us that do it every week. And, and hopefully you continue to to uh, make make a run. Uh, of course, if you continue to pick Michigan. If, if you're going to pick that Purdue wins or Michigan State wins or Indiana, any of these teams coming up, I hope you're wrong. And okay. I hope you fail miserably. Well, I'll say, you know, the hype train is real. Um, my predictions, everybody's jumping on the bandwagon with those. Uh, but I do got to tell you, the first game against Florida, I did predict not a flawless game. I don't remember my exact wording, but uh, I said something like Wilton Spate would, would play an errorless game and obviously was was wrong on that. So two out of three, though, I'll take that, and uh, we'll see what happens with Purdue. Hey, can't. You can't be flawless, Craig. You are you human, and we appreciate the score predictions. Looking forward to this week's. Obviously, check out for those uh, on Friday, and then again on Saturday, we usually post those. So that's all we have for, for the Michigan Air Force. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Divine Intervention, and we'll catch you later this week when we preview Purdue. Go Blue.